the Niners Nation podcast, and we're feeling real good. It's a Monday after a win, and I mean, everyone in the world bet against the 49ers except for my man, Tony Dungy. And he went out, and he said the Niners are going to win this game, and that's what they did. They went and took it to the Rams, and in almost in blowout fashion for a long time before they kind of allowed some touchdowns they probably shouldn't have but they won 24 16 it was 21 to 9 for most of the game um and the defense just showed out and it was awesome but real quick let's get into an nfc west check-in seahawks had their bye so they are 5 and 0 still the cardinals they destroyed the horrible without dak prescott cowboys 38 to 10 and let you all know real quick, the state, the stance of this podcast is go Cardinals this week, beat the Seahawks. So then we can beat them again next week and get ourselves back in this race. But real quick, let me get into my guest, Leo Luna of sports illustrated. How you doing, man? I'm doing well. I appreciate you having me on. It's uh, it, we were talking recently yeah. and uh, last week I told you, I was like, Hey, Great show, Nate. It was fantastic. I, I love the ideas you were throwing off the walls. And now we're here talking yeah. together. It's awesome. I mean, it's great because that was the thing is, you know, I've been doing a lot of solo shows lately. And don't get me wrong. I love just, you know, giving my thoughts and, you know, 30 minutes summing up. But after a win like that, I just wanted to talk to someone about how excited I am again about this football team. Last night really felt like the first time this season, the offense looked like it did in 2019. And I really feel like now, you know, we could start moving forward with, yes, the injuries are still bad, but this team has Kyle Shanahan and Kyle Shanahan can overcome all problems. I really feel like that way. Uh, what do they say? The sinking tide lifts all boats or something like that, or some, 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 some phrase like that. But right. once again, Kyle Shanahan last night showed how valuable he is and how amazing he can be if he just has competent play from all of his players. So the first question I really want to get into with tonight is how big of a win was that last night for this team going forward to get them to 500? It was huge. I'm going to say it keeps them in the NFC West race because yes, the Seahawks are five and zero right now and the 49ers are three and three. You may look at that and say, Leo, what the heck are you talking about? NFC West title? Like, dude, you're dreaming. No, seriously. Think about it. The 49ers aren't the only ones with a hard schedule. On top of that, they control their own destiny by playing Seattle twice themselves. Those are two games that I think they could win if Seattle continues to have a terrible defense that they do. And they have a history of playing Russell Wilson very well in the first half. So I wouldn't say the NFC West is out of contention. It obviously puts them back into that playoff race. But now it puts them in a position to say, hey, let's go defend defend our division title exactly and that's the thing is you know we the Niners have now played the Cardinals and the Rams and the Cardinals they almost won in a game where they never played well and they really took it to the Rams on Sunday night football the only team they haven't played in their division is the Seahawks which we'll see in two weeks and I have a guest for you next week that you are totally ready for Niner fans but the thing is is if they can go into Seattle in two weeks and win and hopefully the Arizona Cardinals get their business done this Sunday. The Seahawks have two losses and the Niners are right back in the NFC West. They're right back in this fight to even get to be the number one seed in the playoffs. 
yes, it sucks we lost to Miami. Yes, it sucks we lost to the Eagles. And it totally sucks that they lost to the Cardinals. But this game can right the ship and send this team back on their way to winning this division and maybe not hearing about the Seahawks so much because them being 5-0 has to be the most annoying thing I've ever dealt with um, over the last couple of years because they just – usually they lose at least one. But they – I honestly don't – I don't want to talk too much about the Seahawks. I don't think they've played that many good teams. Um, their records of the teams that they played – and, yes, they did beat Miami, who we lost to. But the records of the teams they played are not great. That Cowboys team with Dak was much better, yes, but that defense was still awful, as we saw tonight when the Cardinals put 38 on them. And that defense is the same defense they played. So we're not going to talk about the Seahawks tonight. But uh, real quick, next question. What was bigger, the improved offensive line or Kyle Shanahan's play calling? Is it okay to say a mixture of both? That is the correct answer. (laughs) It's got in the chemistry lab. And they put up the perfect potion for this game because Kyle Shanahan, he got in his bag and that final play of the game where it was basically the pitch pass to Debo Samuel and he picked up the first down. That's what I thought in my head. I I feel like everybody (laughs) else, all the other Niner fans thought the same thing. Like we don't have Raheem Mostert. We can't just run this up the middle with Jarek McKinnon and try to, you know, get this first down because that wasn't going to happen. Um, so a little quick pitch pass to Debo Samuel. They got the first down. And I think that's been the criticism with Shanahan is, dude, why are you not running the obvious plays that work? And when they work in the first quarter, why do you get rid of them in the fourth quarter? Well, he didn't do that this time. And he didn't try to outsmart himself. He did exactly what worked, what the Rams couldn't stop. So that was fantastic. And on top of that, yeah, this offense line, the plays were drawn up to have them have success, but no one expected to see Brent skill man Aaron Donald like he did. He made himself look like he was a three-time all-pro right guard because, yeah, in Aaron Donald's presser after the game was saying, oh, they shaded the protection my way, uh, this and that. But from what I saw, I saw quite a bit one-on-one matchups and Brent Skill was winning those matchups. It, it creates confidence not only for Shanahan to say, hey, yeah, maybe I should keep these plays that are working successful in the first and use them still in the fourth. And it gives that offensive line confidence saying, holy crap, we just stopped Aaron Donald. And the thing was, he was a non-factor. That was the craziest thing is he literally – you never even heard his name once except when they announced had to talk about him because he's the, one of the best players in the NFL. And th- that was the thing is he was coming off four sacks the week before against that Washington team, which, yeah, they're not good. But the way people were talking about us, they said we weren't good. And so to go into a game, play the Rams and play them tough, and your offensive line look like they're supposed to look when you're a team that should have, you know, was in the Super Bowl and should have been the number one contender again, it was, it was just awesome to watch. And it makes me feel so good because the teams they play coming up, that's probably the best pass rush you're going to play for a while. Like I don't, New England has Chase Winovich, but I don't see them like really getting to the quarterback a lot. And we know for a fact the Seattle Seahawks can't do it. And Green Bay, we just own them. I don't know. <laughs> it's, they can't play physical football teams. So things are looking up a lot because 
this horrible stretch that we've been talking about for the last two weeks that's coming up where they play the Rams, Seahawks, Patriots, and all stuff, it's starting to look like these are winnable games. And there's, there's, it's starting to look like a lot of the rest of the season is winnable. Yeah, maybe they might drop one or two here, you know, but 11 and five is totally a possibility. I might even say 12 and 12 and four is a possibility. Like anything can happen now because the offensive line has played well. Now, is this a one week thing? I don't know. It was Aaron Donald. Right. It's a, that doesn't happen. Like it's not a one week thing against Aaron Donald. And then you just go back to being terrible again. Yeah. And coming into this game, the 49ers offensive line per pro football reference gave up the highest quarterback pressure percentage more than any other team in the NFL, they were actually the only team at a 30% rate. And then they went out and only gave up three pressures all game long. It was, I mean, it was awesome to watch. And it just like, I hope every single lineman on that team is talking smack to every pundit in every interview for the rest of the week after how they performed. It was really something to behold. And it was what we expected as Niner fans throughout this whole off season. When we we're like, this is the same offensive line as last year. And they were great. And not to mention, Garoppolo got the ball out fast. There was never a time where he was kind of just standing there looking like an idiot trying to find. And I felt like he got the ball, he threw it away a couple times that last mm-hmm. night. And I didn't think he was going to do that because he tends to not throw the ball away. He tends to just take the sack, which is the most annoying thing and what's what Alex Smith right. used to do and what pissed the Niner fans off so much. But not only that, so much of that play calling was run the ball, and run the ball down their throats and run the ball creatively and run the ball in so many different ways that the Rams just couldn't keep up. They could not stop it. Debo, I don't think caught a pass beyond the line of scrimmage yet. He had like 94 yards. Yeah. I had to rethink myself about that. I was like, man, Debo had a, had a hell of a year last season with his receiving yards as a rookie. That's fantastic. You never expect a rookie to get, a 900 or a thousand yards it doesn't happen often now it is with aj brown doing it last year and then i i thought to myself it's like man Debo's gonna fall well short of his yardage that he did last year as a rookie i was like oh wait those plays are passing plays they're not running plays so um yeah they were all behind the line of scrimmage but whatever works that's what i liked about what shanahan did is whatever works and he just stuck with it the entire game plan. And that was the thing. My biggest thing last week was we needed to run the ball, but it didn't mean just run the ball up their, you know, up their throat with, with, with Mostert. It meant run the ball in creative schemes the way they did. And when it, I mean, yes, it technically is a pass, but let's right. be honest there. It's not a, it's not a pass. Like, it, I mean, Garoppolo's getting yards for it, but there's no passing really involved. It's that it's cre- Shanahan finding ways to use his linemen and create schemes where dudes like have, huge running lanes and it's what them got what got them to the super bowl last year and they're finally doing it again and they're it it looked it looked so good last night and I, it was right. just such a great thing to watch and it made me just ecstatic to see what this team can do going forward now that they finally i feel like gotten their 2019 swagger back if that makes sense oh absolutely i said if they were going to win that game they had to rush the ball for 35 times. They ran it for 37 times. So uh, it was spot on. And yeah. what I didn't see from them was running the ball. Kyle Shanahan said, oh, well, the game flow kind of dictated that. The Eagles game didn't dictate that. It was a one-score game the entire time. You could have ran the ball. And yet they ran the ball for only 20 times. So now we're talking about a 17 rush attempt difference. 
yeah, that's what happens when you get 17 more carries in a game. You dominate the time of possession. You keep your defense rested and relaxed. And we saw what those corners could do when they're rested and relaxed and not oh, on the totally. field for a crazy amount of plays. So it worked out well. And that's, I mean, we're talking about the defense. How good is this secondary right now? And can they overcome this pass rush? Like, think about it. Jason Verrett, literally, the guy has not played any football for the last five years. And he was lights out last night. He is currently, I think, the best corner in the NFL statistically. Like, he's been that good. And so the if he can keep this up, and I know we don't have Nick Bosa, and I know we don't have Ronald Blair, and I know we don't have D Ford, I know we don't have Julian Taylor. I don't think it matters. If your corners are playing this well, I mean, you're going to struggle with Russell Wilson because of who he is, but most teams are not going to be able to pass on you. This Rams team was one of the top-tier pass teams in the NFL before this game. Absolutely. Um, I think this secondary could carry that pass rush, and mainly because they're confident. They have – this is like the fifth time we're going to say it. They have their 2019 swag back. And for Brett, he has his 2015 swag back. <laughs> and that release he did in his zone to pick off that play. Gosh, that's such a smart play by a cornerback. We see a lot of cornerbacks that will just see that in the air and be like, oh, 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 dang it. That's a touchdown. He caught it. Brett, he, yeah, for example. <laughs> um, or even Akello Witherspoon, he doesn't have the best ball scares, skills when he sees it in the air. Jason Brett's a dog, and that was completely different. He saw that ball in the air, and he went and took it for that interception. Um, and then Emmanuel Mosley, people – I don't know where that narrative's coming from where he, he's not that athletic. He's not – well, the guy's about six feet tall, and he runs a 4-4. He's pretty darn athletic. Oh, yeah. And we saw that on the closeout for his pass breakup. Um, he came out out of his T-step and just went in, swatted away. Heck of a play. And then what's going unspoken about because he had two poor plays last week is the game that Jamar Taylor had. He played his zone in the slot fantastic. That was one of the keys I, of the game, I said, because the Rams love running out of the slot. He was in a, coming into that game with a ton of pressure. He dropped in his zone. He was, I seen split wide receivers perfectly. He didn't cheat one way or the other. And K1, we love him so much because he is fantastic coming from that slot position and blitzing. And Jamar Taylor is starting to become a name to be known as a blitzer. Let's be fair. He, he's getting a pressure every single week. And this, this secondary, they're only going to get better. That's the thing. Absolutely. Sherman's gonna come back at a point i would expect whether how late it is in the season or as soon as it is he's coming back well k1 i just brought up yeah jamar taylor had a great game but k wants a hell of a lot better i'm gonna be honest yeah. so he's coming back as well they're only getting better at the secondary position and jimmy ward could only get better as well to maybe get a shell of his 2019 cell and well, just like I said, the secondary is getting better. So is the defensive line. I know we've oh, had yeah. a setback with Ronald Blair and Julian Taylor, but eventually they'll be back as well. So 
I think they can carry them without the, the lack of pressure. And honestly, coming into this game, another per, pro football reference stat they had is the 49ers were top two and three in pressure rate and quarterback hit rate uh, in the NFL. So they have been getting there. This game was just a different story for whatever reason. They didn't drive the pressure. But while we talk about the secondary being great in coverage, well, they got one of the best linebacking core in coverage as well with Fred Warner and Drake Greenlaw. So when we talk about the secondary, we should bring them up as well. Well, this defense is so good. And real quick, that Jason Verrett stat I was looking for earlier, he's only allowed a passer rating of 7.8 this season. That's amazing. That is absolutely amazing. But the thing is, is this defense, that's the biggest thing is they're so good and they were so good last year and they're so banged up. You know, now Jaquaski Tart might not play. I think you probably bring Traverius Moore in, I'd hope, because I'm not a real big Marcel, Marcel Harris guy, but, right. you know, we can see what happens, you know. But this defense is still so good. Dre Greenlaw gets better every game. And Fred Warner has really proven, as I've said on this show a million times, he is the best linebacker in the NFL, bar none. There's nobody in the NFL who's better than Fred Warner right now. So you have that. You still have Eric Armstead. And you've got Kinlaw, who gets better every week as well. And you've got Kerry Hyder. And Kerry Hyder is just awesome. He's getting better every week. On the Dre Greenlaw stop on the towards the end zone, Kerry Hyder almost had him. That's a lineman who almost caught that running back. And the thing is, is the defense improves every week. And I'm hoping that Salah is seeing that and working on that because the Brian Allen thing I said on this show was absolutely atrocious. That was the worst thing Salah's done in his years with the 49ers. And this is the perfect bounce back game because they look like the best defense in the NFC West for sure. And they might even be one of the best defenses in the NFC if the Buccaneers didn't exist. They were all over the field and Jared Goff did not know who to throw to. And keep in mind, it's not like Jared Goff is throwing to scrubs. Jared Goff is throwing to Robert Woods, Cooper Cup. Tyler Higby is a great tight end. Gerald Everett is a great compliment. You know, yes, they don't have like the Todd Gurley or anything, but they were throwing to good football players who they've scored a lot of points on a lot of teams with, and the Niners just shut them out for most of that game because of how good that defense is. And if this secondary can continue to be that good, watch out Seattle, watch out Arizona when we play them again. This team does not need to score a ton of points in order to win when the defense is that good. They held the the Eagles to 16 points. The only reason the Eagles won that game is because Nick Mullins threw one of the worst pick sixes I've ever seen in my entire life. If Nick Mullins doesn't throw that ball, they win against the Eagles. And we're talking about a four four and two team who is only two games behind in the NFC West. So it's the thing is, is they've had some bad breaks. They've had some bad injuries, but Kyle Shanahan is finding ways to overcome it. And Robert Sala had a bounce back game and was awesome. And I feel like this pass rush really could improve. And I honestly believe that it's either pass rush or secondary with how good you are. And the Niners had an, you know, a decent secondary, but their pass rush was top tier. This year, they're going to have a top tier secondary with an all right pass rush. And I think it might be okay because of just how good Jason Verrett is. Oh my um, God. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And so, you know, 
you know, the one thing a lot of people were worried about last week was Jimmy G being hurt. Um, you know, the two big things were Jimmy G being hurt and the defense. We just said the defense was awesome. Jimmy G came out and played a great game. And I think that a lot of people on Twitter are talking about maybe we should be worried because there wasn't many throws past the, you know, past the line of scrimmage. But I don't think that's what the Niners have ever wanted to do. Like, that's not who they are. They want to get the ball to their yards after the catch guys and have them make plays. And that's what a Shanahan offense is predicated. But do you personally think we should be worried about Jimmy G not really making big throws? I don't think so. So when it comes to the air yards, I, I said, they just need to feed these wide receivers. They, these guys are great with yards after the catch. And I include Kittle in that when I say wide receiver, because he plays a position like one. Um, these guys are great at it. So no matter what it takes to get them ball, you get them the ball. So now if someone shows me the air yards, well, I can't go back on what I said. I said, get these guys the ball. And that's exactly what they did. And as far as throwing it downfield, there's going to be times where you have to, does it worry me? Not really because Kittle's dig was about 15 yards. That's over the 10 yard clip with what we're personally asking for. Uh, with more experience, Brandon Ayuk's going to draw a PI on that play in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Um, that was more of a PI than the play before on, on uh, Kendrick Bourne. So I'm seeing things that I like with down the field. Jimmy Garoppolo, he's an in rhythm player. He didn't play at all in the second half, and he just came off probably the worst half of football he's ever played in his life. Does, even including the Super Bowl. Um, so with that being said, Jimmy isn't get better throwing the deep ball, throwing 10 yards and past the line of scrimmage when he gets more in rhythm, once his ankle starts feeling a little better. It doesn't worry me at this point. Maybe if we're having the same conversation on week 12, week 13, then it will. But as of right now, him playing his second four quarter full game of football of the season doesn't worry me I think he looked good out there and that was the thing is like there was a couple times where you know he didn't step all the way into his throws or he threw like a bad ball and like but that we saw the good Jimmy Garoppolo that I think a lot of people have wanted to see and that's hitting guys who are open and that's part of the Kyle Shanahan offense as well these guys are being schemed open so often that as long as you have a quarterback who gets the ball out fast and hits these guys, they're going to make plays. And that's what they did. And so everyone says all the time how Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't scare them. Well, when they're running the ball like they are, and then they also have the threat of George Kittle, you know, and I really think, you know, we'll get into this Patriots team. I think they're going to shut down George Kittle. I think that's what, I think that's what Belichick's plan is going to be is to completely shut down George Kittle. So it's going to be up to Debo and Ayuk and, probably Jamichael Hasty to to make plays and and get them and even Jack McKinnon to get them over this Patriots team that I don't think is very good as well but the thing is is as long as Shanahan is in his bag which I really don't feel like Shanahan has been in his bag much this season if Shanahan is in his bag Jimmy Garoppolo is good enough to make the plays that they need to make to win football games and Jimmy Garoppolo showed that last night against a team that was four and one. It doesn't matter. We could talk about the teams the Seahawks played and how they're not that good. The teams the Rams have played, they're not that good. They were still four and one, and that's still a top tier talent you beat on primetime in front of the world. After two weeks ago, they watched you lose to that Eagles team 
with your backup quarterback and saw that, oh, they got their guy back. They got their quarterback back. They got Kittle back and they just dominated for four quarters. And I think that's a huge statement win last night that shows, hey, Jimmy Garoppolo might not be Patrick Mahomes, but he's still pretty good in this offense. Yeah, and that's fair. And and Kyle Shanahan's got to do the same thing moving forward uh, with Garoppolo, understanding where he's at with his ankle and understanding what he get does best. And I tweeted it out last night. If Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't hit that dig any other spot than he hit Kittle, that's not a touchdown. Yeah. One inch behind him, George Kittle probably gets tackled. He put it in the exact perfect spot where Kittle where it needed to be, and it gave Kittle that momentum to break the tackle and run it in easily for the touchdown. But that's not going to get really mentioned out there uh, as far as Twitter goes with Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> People I, love I, to I hate get, on. Jimmy. I guess I that the non air yards are more important than that ball being thrown on a complete rope. Yeah, it was perfectly placed. And that's the thing is that's the thing people are going to forget is how perfectly placed a lot of those balls were last night and how good he was when he did have to throw it. And yeah, I mean, the thing is the Rams maybe aren't the best, but they still have Jalen Ramsey out there. Like, it's not like they're playing with a terrible corner. Like they're playing with a better corner than you're going to see in any team you play in the next five weeks. You know, I, I mean, maybe Stephen Gilmore, but the thing is like, don't, the Patriots haven't played that well on defense. Like they let the Broncos willingly walk down the field on them multiple times with Drew Locke. And yeah, Drew Locke threw two bad passes. They got the Patriots back into that game. But real quick, let's talk about the Patriots. How good do you think the Patriots are really? Do you think that yesterday, as I do, think that maybe some of yesterday was a product of the no practice because of the COVID thing? No Cam, you know, Cam Newton looked a little gas. But I don't, I think personally, this might be one of the worst Patriots teams we've seen in a long time. I think they're average at best. I've never been too high on Cam because I look at his accuracy. I look at his completion percentage. Uh, his, his interception to touchdown ratio has been okay, but it's nothing off the charts. So I've never been a Cam Newton guy. And then seeing him this year, I'm like, oh, okay, that makes sense. That's why I'm not a Cam Newton guy. <laughs> Plus the receivers they have are pretty bad. Totally. Uh, way worse than what the Rams have. So I'm confident in these corners to lock these guys down. And the only thing that worries me about Cam Newton is his legs and extending plays, just rushing for first downs. That's about it. And with this Patriots team, they're average at best to where if you don't play your A game, you come out and play your C game, they could probably take that game away from you. Mm -hmm. rather than saying a team that's below average you could play average and still win the game um but i think everybody wants to win this game for jimmy going back home to new england i i think this is everyone wants to win this for jimmy this locker room loves whatever twitter says about him this locker room loves jimmy garoppolo and i don't see how they lose because i don't see the patriots scoring more than 17 points so with that being said I don't see how this offense can't muster 20 points against this Patriots defense. Yeah. Drew Locke's not that good of a quarterback and he did not have his best receiver in Cameron Sutton or his best tight end in Noah Fant. And they still walk down the field pretty often. Oh and yeah. Their offensive line is way worse than the 49ers. It may not be statistically, but the personnel 
the upside it has is nowhere near the upside the 49ers offensive line had, and they still walk down the field on them. This New England team does not scare me. I'm not afraid. I, you know, the Cam Newton thing, he's going to run. I think he's going to run probably. It's going to happen. But Fred Warner said after they lost to Miami, this is something we need to work on when talking about the fact that Fitz ran for a first down. And, you know, it wasn't even that bad. It wasn't as bad as the Kyler Murray game was the first week. This is something they need to work on. And we're going to find out for real this week if this is something that they have worked on. And this top-tier defense, which is still, I think, fourth in pass coverage, like their secondary is fourth in pass coverage, despite the fact that Brian Allen played a whole, played a whole half of football, which was disgusting, as I said last week. <laughs> they are still so good. And this Patriots team seems like they're really not that great. The one thing I'm worried about is Bill Belichick because he's such a good coach. He just might have not have the personnel to be able to beat this Niners team. Yeah, it's coaching, I believe, 100% can overcome personnel at times. I don't think this is one of those matchups because, like you said, you believe Belichick's going to try to take away Kittle. Well, Kyle Shanahan knows that. And the yeah. beauty about that is the 49ers have way more weapons than the Broncos did. All they had basically was Judy and and KJ Hamler's not really there to say he's completely a weapon, but 49ers have Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk that they could use at their disposal at any time if they try to take away Kittle. And I think they have a secret weapon. And that's the next question I really want to talk to you about is how do you think this, this Raheem Mostert injury is going to affect us in the coming weeks? I think, I think they're going to be okay because I think Jermichael Hasty might be a star. And this, the little bit we saw from him, I think it was nine carries, 40 yards, something along those lines. There's something about that kid, and he's so young, and I think he has a lot of talent where they could potentially use him kind of like they use Mostert. He's not as fast as Mostert, but I think he has the potential to fix that, to hold them that hole until Mostert comes back because Mostert is a true running back one, and I think we've finally seen that this week. You know, his feet don't stop moving, but – if they continue to use Jet in the passing game and maybe bring him in when you know for Hasty, this running back attack should still be okay. I think. What do you think? I think it should. Like they're definitely going to feel Mostert not being there. But if you want to have that feeling a little less, Jamichael Hasty has to be your leading carrier. He has to get the most touches. It cannot be Jarek McKinnon. Yeah, Jarek McKinnon. He may bust off a 20-yard run maybe once in a game and make his yards per attempt look a little better. But besides that, if I I want to give the volume to Jamichael Hasty, uh, I had this brought to my attention. Don't you see a little bit of Devontae Freeman in him? Kind of, yeah. I did yeah, notice and, that. <laughs> and how did Devontae Freeman work out in Shanahan's system? He was a stud, an absolute stud, and, and, and Shanahan used him to the best of his ability where he's never been used like that ever again. Exactly. So maybe it's just the little choppy feet, the size, the hair. I see Devontae Freeman, and I think that's what Shanahan saw as well. And he tried his best, tried his best to hold off on Jamichael Hasey, try to keep him there on the practice squad. Hey, we will have you next year once some contracts expire. Uh, we want you here. And now it came to a point where Shanahan's like, well, uh, McKinnon wasn't doing it for me against the Rams to ice this game out. I had to give Jermichael Hastings night carries and he looked well. Like it may not look like, Oh, he went for a crazy game. Wasn't averaging five yards per attempt. Well, neither was Moster, but we look at it as a standpoint of how hard were you running? And 
those guys had to earn every rushing yard they got. You saw Mostert just put a dead body into the ground with a stiff arm. <laughs> and Jamichael Hastings has those little cuts. Once he sees the hold similar to Mostert, he goes full speed rather than McKinnon. He's still a little hesitant when he sees the hole. So Jamichael Hastings, this running attack will be fine as long as Jamichael Hastings is your leading carrier. And I think Shanahan's at the point to where he knows he cannot hold off on him anymore and he's got to let him free. Well, and that's the thing is I don't think Hasty ever goes back to the practice squad after last night. I just don't think it's, I don't think it's possible. And I think when Tevin Coleman comes back, they actually have a choice to make because I think they're going to have to release one of these guys or cut something or do something because I don't think Tevin Coleman's coming back next year. And I think that Jamichael Hasty is probably the future of your backup position. And I'd like to see Jeff Wilson again. I still like him a lot. I, you know, he was injured in this game and so we didn't get to see him. But I like Jeff Wilson, and I, I like Jermichael Hasty. I love Mostert, and I want to see more Jet. But he just wasn't giving us to us on giving it to us on Sunday. I, I this running back core is great, right? Without Mostert, they are going to be fine. It just comes down to Kyle Shanahan scheming these guys in the run game, which is what his specialty is, and also not relying only on your running back using Debo like they've used Debo. Debo, a lot of people talked about the injury that Debo had. And how it was the same thing Trent Taylor had. And Trent it ended up sidelining Trent Taylor for a whole year and all this stuff. Debo took two games and he looked back to the same guy he was last year. And that's just Debo Samuel. That's who he is. He's a, a stud football player. And he's going to come out and he's going to ball every single game as long as he's on that roster. And I think Ayuk, like we've said before, is getting better every week. And I think they're going to start using him that way as well. The, the run game will be fine without Mostert. Now, I hope it's not long just because I think that Mostert's really special. Like, they got something in him that I didn't expect. You know, right. his legs never stop moving. Right. So, yeah, Mostert's on the short-term IR, so he's going to miss at least the next three games. We already spoke. The next one is New England. That's going to be a tough game regardless if Mostert's there because Belichick is a hell of a defensive coordinator. And then Seattle, their pass defense is 32nd in the league, so I don't think we should be – missing about most or too much at in that game and then the third game is the green bay packers well the packers just gave up a 113 yard or yards to ronald jones it's like his first 100 yard game in his career yeah so if ronald jones ran for 113 yards i'm pretty sure mckinnon and hasty could do something against this green bay packer defense as well as Keyshawn vaughn ran the ball for another 42 yards, yeah. 8.4 average against this Green Bay Packer defense. So those three games, look at it. Belichick, it's going to be tough regardless. So that don't even worry yeah. about Moser being gone that game. Um, Seahawks, 32nd pass defense. <laughs> Their defense is Packers, so bad. <laughs> Packers, anybody's running on them. So I, I think they'll be, they'll be okay. They'll be fine. It's funny because, you know, you think about that Packer game and they have nightmares about Raheem Mostert. And I'm hoping that Kyle Shanahan gives them nightmares about Jermichael Hasty after that game because it's Thursday night football. It's that team. They haven't changed. We saw they haven't changed when the Bucks literally did the same thing the 49ers did to them twice last year. Did you, watching that Bucks game, I don't know if this is just me, did you watch that Bucks game and think, this looks a little familiar. This looks like the NFC Championship. Like they couldn't do anything to stop it. No, they couldn't. They were completely dominated. 
And, and and it wasn't like Brady was doing anything special. Brady would throw a little bit. I don't think Godwin had more than like nine fantasy points. Like Godwin wasn't even used that much. They just took Rojo and ran him up the middle and killed them. And it was schemed incredibly well, but it kind of made me think if the Niners beat the Rams tonight, we're back in this thing. Like the Green Bay Packers aren't better than us. The New England or the, the New Orleans Saints aren't better than us. I mean, they have a quarterback who's 89 years old and can't throw the ball beyond the five yard line. And you, if you could stop Alvin Kamara, you could beat him. And so yeah. things are really looking up. So the final question before I, you know, we get out of the show is, can the 49ers win the NFC West? They're three games behind the Seattle Seahawks. And the Seattle Seahawks haven't played any teams in the division, and they don't generally do well against teams in the division in those games. They find ways to lose. Did last night inspire the hope that the Niners hype train can continue and we can potentially win the NFC West, maybe even if it takes till week 17? Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Because I, I just didn't see a win from the 49ers. I saw a dominating fashion over your rival with some swag and they were missing that swag this whole entire season yeah they steamed roll the jets and the giants but it wasn't nothing <laughs> like everybody does <laughs> 2019 it wasn't 2019 vibes those two games it wasn't yeah. everybody was more sulking about the injuries and um wishing nick bosa well in his recovery last night it was hey, we're better than you and we're going to dance in your face while we do it. And with that being said is looking at the remaining schedule, okay, New England's game's not as tough as we thought it would be two weeks ago. Seattle's defense continues to be the 30-second pass. Um, As well as the Packers, they continue to have nightmares with any running back that they face. And then after that, I believe it is – go ahead and remind me. It is, uh, it's the, so it's the saints in okay. new Orleans and we, they probably will have Michael Thomas back. So that's one thing to keep in mind. And granted, unless that game, he punches someone again, that's always a factor with Michael Thomas. It, and the thing is, is I still think they're better than them. They proved they were better than them last year. And I just don't think they have what it takes to beat the 49ers. And even it turns into a shootout, the Niners are better schemed and have better uh, tool players and you know George Kittle that nobody can stop him right. and Ayuk is just a star and they're going to keep using him more and more as the season goes on then they play the Rams again who we've shown we are better than then they play the Buffalo Bills who they are not who we thought they were at the beginning of the season the Buffalo Bills were scary because their defense was awesome they had a great pass rush they had Josh yeah. Allen who was getting better and Josh Allen against the Chiefs and against the Tennessee Titans, did not look like a top-tier quarterback. Well, really quick, his two worst games of the season, the rest was all MVP caliber. Yeah, let's do the MVP train for Josh Allen. And then he looks like the Josh Allen that we know him as Yeah. on Tuesday night and Monday night. The 49ers played Josh Allen on a Monday night. <laughs> that's Just a great point out. that's a great point no totally and and i think that buffalo bills game is totally winnable then they play the awful washington football team who put yeah. kyle allen out at quarterback this week and we know kyle allen he's awful. yeah then they play the dallas cowboys who are just lost they have <laughs> no idea what they're doing andy dalton is not good and they just that division the eagles are going to win it that division is awful and they should sweep the rest of that division. Uh, the Eagles game was totally the most perplexing thing ever, but it was 
We blame it on the backup quarterback. Then they get their revenge against the Cardinals. Who- yeah, listen. Yeah, let me – not to interject on you, but no. the 49ers probably played their worst football they can in a close game. Probably the worst game of football in a close game that we've ever seen them the past two years. The Dolphin one, I'm not counting because that was not a close game. The Eagles, Brian Allen. It's Brian yeah, Allen's fault. Exactly. The Eagles, that was a backup quarterback, but we expect Jimmy Garoppolo – to play against this Cardinals and as well as the rest of the schedule, I think they would be a hell of a lot better in this week 16 matchup against the Cardinals. And I like the Cardinals. I think they're a good football team. I think they have some potential, but I still think they're a year away. The defense has little sputters where they just don't look good. Buda Baker, however, is improving every single week and becoming a problem in this division. Look for Buda Baker to really be a big factor in the Cardinals Seahawks game this week, which go Cardinals. And then finally, that week 17 matchup against the Seattle Seahawks at home at Levi's. Maybe they'll be fans. It's January 3rd. If they can beat the Seahawks twice, which they have not done in years. But if they do that, this team wins the NFC West. And that is a guarantee you will hear from me on this show right now. The 49ers beat the Seahawks twice. They will win the NFC West. Like you said earlier, I do see 12 and four in there. Now that I see that they have their 2019 swag, I look at that schedule and I say, why should they not be favored in every game? Why not? They're not favored in the New England game right now. That'll change. That'll change. (laughs) Give Vegas some time. They'll change that. Let me get in on it real quick. And so I look at it. I'm going to say, I'm going to give them one game. Just because it's the NFL, things happen, players get tired. I do see 12 and 4 as a legit possibility. And if you're going into that last game with Seattle being 12 and 3, they I like how San Francisco matches up against Seattle. I really do. And I'm not just being a homer on that. I look at what Seattle puts on tape, then I look at the numbers. I look at what 49ers put on tape, and then I look at the numbers. And there's no reason the 49ers can't win this. Russell Wilson is not going to do what he's been doing with DK Metcalf to this team. It's just not no. going to happen. The Niners do not allow big plays like that unless Brian Allen is, is in at quarterback. Cornerback. There is no way that DK Metcalf is going to get wide open on Jason Verrett all night. That is not going to happen. That is, I'm going to say this this week. I'll say it next week. DK Metcalf will not get wide open, and Russell Wilson will play MVP football because he is going to win the MVP at the end of the season probably. But next week. You will see what happens when the Seahawks play a top-tier defensive talent in this league. And I think people are going to be really surprised. And the narrative is going to start shifting. And this will be week eight. The narrative will start shifting. And I really think that it's going to come down week 17, Niners, Seahawks, and Levi's decides who wins this division. I agree 100%. And I guess this could be a little hot take. I think their quarterback mobility problem is going to get fixed with Drake Greenlaw being there. I watched those two guys on the field together, and I see top two inside linebacker duo in the league. Top two. Totally. No, I see it too. Drake Greenlaw has been an absolute steal, and and so is Fred Warner. And Quan Alexander will come back, and he'll be there too, and I think he's still good. I mean, maybe he's not as good as what Drake Greenlaw is putting out now because – it's been amazing just how fast Dre Greenlaw has shown that he's an absolute stud in this league. And I think that they could potentially move on from Quan Alexander because of just how good Dre Greenlaw is. But I'm seeing 
new age Navarro Bowman, Patrick Willis stuff going on. And maybe it's not in like the hitting and the aggressive and just how mean they are. It's in how good they are at football. They are just the best. And they know they're the best and they work so well together and they're taking care of teams. And it's, you know, linebackers don't get a lot of talk, you know, because not a lot of people is watching the linebackers. These guys are all over the field and it's been amazing to watch. And I think it's going to continue to get better every single week. Exactly. Yeah. We saw Fred Warner make sideline tackles all game, but Jason Brett doesn't get that touchdown. If Greenlaw doesn't get off the block from Higby and smack Henderson at the two yard line, totally that interception never happens. And that just shows the athleticism of Greenlaw. Like you said, it's not maybe the big sculpted figures like Bowman and uh, Willis, but these guys are 2020 NFL athletic linebackers and top two inside linebackers in the NFL. Absolutely. And I mean, I'm just so excited again. Last night got me so excited for 49ers football. The hype train is back on, baby. It's time. Feels great, baby. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to take care of New England this week. Go Niners, go Cardinals. If people want to check out your stuff, Leo, go ahead and let them know. Yes, you could find me on Twitter. It's at LeoLuna93. Or you could go ahead and check out my YouTube channel. It is under Tapped in Sports. Totally. And you totally totally should. He puts out a lot of great content. I listen to his shows all the time. Uh, If you want to check me out, I'm at NinerNate49 on Twitter. And uh, the show goes up every Tuesday. The hype train's back on. It got a little derailed last week. We're back. No more injuries. Go Niners. Go Cardinals. And we'll see you next week. Woo! Woo!